section ninety eight of the cloister and the hearth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the cloister and the hearth by charles reed chapter ninety three one day as he lay there sighing and groaning prayerless tuneless hopeless a thought flashed into his mind what he had done for the poor and the wayfarer he would do for himself he would fill his den of despair with the name of god and the magic words of holy writ and the pious prayerful consolations of the church then like christian at apollyon's feet he reached his hand suddenly out and caught not his sword for he had none but peaceful labour's humbler weapon his chisel and worked with it as if his soul depended on his arm they say that michelangelo in the next generation used to carve statues not like our timid sculptors by modelling the work in clay and then setting a mechanic to chisel it but would seize the block conceive the image and at once with mallet and steel make the marble chips fly like mad about him and the mass sprout into form even so clement drew no lines to guide his hand he went to his memory for the gracious words and then dashed at his work and eagerly graved them in the soft stone between working and fighting he begged his visitors for candle ends and rancid oil anything is good enough for me he said if twill but burn so at night the cave glowed afar off like a blacksmith's forge through the window and the gaping chinks of the rude stone door and the rustics beholding crossed themselves and suspected deviltries and within the holy talismans one after another came upon the walls and the sparks and the chips flew day and night night and day as the soldier of solitude and of the church plied with sighs and groans his bloodless weapon between working and fighting kyrie eleison christe eleison satanon sun tripsum upo tus pothos yemenwim sursum corda deus refugium nostrum et virtus agnus dei qui tolus peccata mundi miserere mihi sancta trinitas unus deus miserere nobis ab infestationibus daemonum aventura ira a damnatione perpetua libera nos domine deus qui miro ordine anglorum ministeria etc the whole collect quem querimus adjutorum nisi te domine qui pro peccatis nostris justa irascaris sancti deus sancti fortis sancti et misericors salvator amari morti ne tradus nos and underneath the great crucifix which was fastened to the wall he graved this from augustine o anima christiana respice vulnera patientis sanguinum morientis pretium redemptionis haec quanta sint cogitat et instatera mentis vestri appendite ut totus vobis figatur in corde qui pro vobis totus fixus est in cruce nam si passio christi ad memoriam re 
vocetur nihil est tam durum quod non aequo animo toleretur which may be thus rendered o christian soul look on the wounds of the suffering one the blood of the dying one the price paid for our redemption these things oh think how great they be and weigh them in the balance of thy mind that he may be wholly nailed to thy heart who for thee was all nailed unto the cross for do but call to mind the sufferings of christ and there is not on earth too hard to endure with composure soothed a little a very little by the sweet and pious words he was raising all round him and weighed down with watching and working night and day clement one morning sank prostrate with fatigue and a deep sleep overpowered him for many hours awaking quietly he heard a little cheep he opened his eyes and lo upon his breviary which was on a low stool near his feet ruffling all his feathers with a single pull and smoothing them as suddenly and cocking his bill this way and that with a vast display of cunning purely imaginary perched a robin redbreast clement held his breath he half closed his eyes lest they should frighten the airy guest down came robin on the floor when there he went through his pantomime of astuteness and then pim 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 with three stiff little hops like a ball of worsted on vertical wires he was on the hermit's bare foot on this eminence he swelled and contracted again with ebb and flow of feathers but clement lost this for he quite closed his eyes and scarce drew his breath in fear of frightening and losing his visitor he was content to feel the minute claw on his foot he could but just feel it and that by help of knowing it was there presently a little flirt with two little wings and the feathered busybody was on the breviary again then clement determined to try and feed this pretty little fidget without frightening it away but it was very difficult he had a piece of bread within reach but how get at it i think he was five minutes creeping his hand up to that bread and when there he must not move his arm he slyly got a crumb between a finger and thumb and shot it as boys do marbles keeping the hand quite still cock robin saw it fall near him and did sagacity but moved not when another followed and then another he popped down and caught up one of the crumbs but not quite understanding this mystery fled with it for more security to an eminence to wit the hermit's knee and so the game proceeded till a much larger fragment than usual rolled along here was a prize cock robin pounced on it bore it aloft and fled so swiftly into the world with it the cave resounded with the buffeted air now bless thee sweet bird sighed the stricken solitary thy wings are music and thou a feathered ray camest to light my darkened soul and from that to his horizons and then to his tools with a little bit of courage and this was his day's work Winnie, creator spiritus mentis tuorum visita impla superna gratia cae tu questi pectora accende lumen sensibus mentis tuorum visita infirma nostri corporis veratuti firmans perpeti and so the days rolled on and the weather got colder and clement's heart got warmer and despondency was rolling away and by and by somehow or another it was gone he had outlived it it had come like a cloud and it went like one and presently all was reversed his cell seemed illuminated with joy his work pleased him his prayers were full of unction his psalms of praise hosts of little birds followed their crimson leader 
and flying from snow and a parish full of canes made friends one after another with abel fast friends and one keen frosty night as he sang the praises of god to his tuneful psaltery and his hollow cave rang forth the holy psalmody upon the night as if that cave itself was tubal's surrounding shell or david's harp he heard a clear whine not unmelodious it became louder and less in tune he peeped through the chinks of his rude door and there sat a great red wolf moaning melodiously with his nose high in the air clement was rejoiced my sins are going he cried and the creatures of god are owning me one after another and in a burst of enthusiasm he struck up the laud praise him all ye creatures of his let everything that hath breath praise the lord and all the time he sang the wolf bayed at intervals but above all he seemed now to be drawing nearer to that celestial intercourse which was the sign and the bliss of the true hermit for he had dreams about the saints and angels so vivid they were more like visions he saw bright figures clad in woven snow they bent on him eyes lovelier than those of the antelopes he had seen at rome and fanned him with broad wings hued like the rainbow and their gentle voices bade him speed upon his course he had not long enjoyed this felicity when his dreams began to take another and a strange complexion he wandered with fra colonna over the relics of antique nations and the friar was lame and had a staff and this staff he waved over the mighty ruins and were they egyptian greek or roman straightway the temples and palaces whose wrecks they were rose again like an exhalation and were thronged with the famous dead songsters that might have eclipsed both apollo and his rival poured forth their lays women godlike in form and draped like minerva swam round the marble courts in voluptuous but easy and graceful dances here sculptors carved away amidst admiring pupils and forms of supernatural beauty grew out of parian marble in a quarter of an hour and grave philosophers conversed on high and subtle matters with youth listening reverently it was a long time ago and still beneath all this wonderful panorama a sort of suspicion or expectation lurked in the dreamer's mind this is a prologue a flourish there is something behind something that means me no good something mysterious awful and one night that the wizard colonna had transcended himself he pointed with his stick and there was a swallowing up of many great ancient cities and the pair stood on a vast sandy plain with a huge crimson sun sinking to rest there were great palm-trees and there were bulrush hives scarce a man's height dotted all about to the sandy horizon and the crimson sun these are the anchorites of the theban desert said colonna calmly followers not of christ and his apostles and the great fathers but of the greek pupils of the egyptian pupils of the brachmans and gymnosophists and clement thought that he burned to go and embrace the holy men and tell them his troubles and seek their advice but he was tied by the feet somehow and could not move and the crimson sun sank and it got dusk and the hives scarce visible and colonna's figure became shadowy and shapeless but his eyes glowed ten times brighter and this thing all eyes spoke and said nay let them be a pack of fools i see how dismal it all is then with a sudden sprightliness but i hear one of them has a manuscript of petronius on papyrus i go to buy it farewell for ever for ever for ever 
and it was pitch dark and a light came at clement's back like a gentle stroke a glorious roseate light it warmed his well as brightened it loosened his feet from the ground he turned round and there her face irradiated with sunshine and her hair glittering like the gloriola of a saint was margaret brant she blushed and smiled and cast a look of ineffable tenderness on him gerard she murmured be whose thou wilt by day but at night be mine even as she spoke the agitation of seeing her so suddenly awakened him and he found himself lying trembling from head to foot that radiant figure and mellow voice seemed to have struck his nightly keynote awake he could pray and praise and worship god he was master of his thoughts but if he closed his eyes in sleep margaret or satan in her shape beset him a seeming angel of light he might dream of a thousand different things wide as the poles asunder ere he woke the imperial figure was sure to come and extinguish all the rest in a moment stellus exhortus uti aetherius soul for she came glowing with two beauties never before united an angel's radiance and a woman's blushes angels cannot blush so he knew it was a fiend he was alarmed but not so much surprised as at the demon's last artifice from anthony to nicholas of the rock scarce hermit that had not been thus beset sometimes with gay voluptuous visions sometimes with lovely phantoms warm and tangible and womanly without demons within nor always baffled even by the saints witness that angel form with a devil's heart that came hanging its lovely head like a bruised flower to st macarius with a feigned tail and wept and wept and wept and beguiled him first of his tears and then of half his virtue but with the examples of satanic power and craft had come down copious records of the hermit's triumphs and of the weapons by which they had conquered demandum est corpus the body must be tamed this had been their watchword for twelve hundred years it was a tremendous war-cry for they called the earthly affections as well as appetites body and crushed the whole heart through the suffering and mortified flesh clement then said to himself that the great enemy of man had retired but to spring with more effect and had allowed him a few days of true purity and joy only to put him off his guard against the soft blandishments he was pouring over the soul that had survived the buffeting of his black wings he applied himself to tame the body he shortened his sleep lengthened his prayers and increased his severe temperance to abstinence hitherto following the ordinary rule he had eaten only at sunset now he ate but once in forty-eight hours drinking a little water every day on this the visions became more distinct then he flew to a famous antidote to the grand febrifuge of anchorites cold water he found the deepest part of the stream that ran by his cell it rose not far off at a holy well and clearing the bottom of the large stones made a hole where he could stand in water to the chin and fortified by so many examples he sprang from his rude bed upon the next diabolical assault and entered the icy water it made him gasp and almost shriek with the cold it froze his marrow i shall die he cried i shall die but better this than fire eternal and the next day he was so stiff in all his joints he could not move and he seemed one great ache and even in sleep he felt that his very bones were like so many raging teeth till the phantom he dreaded came and gave one pitying smile and all the pain was gone 
then feeling that to go into the icy water again enfeebled by fasts as he was might perhaps carry the guilt of suicide he scourged himself till the blood ran and so lay down smarting and when exhaustion began to blunt the smart down to a throb that moment the present was away and the past came smiling back he sat with margaret at the duke's feast the minstrels played divinely and the purple fountains gushed youth and love reigned in each heart and perfumed the very air then the scene shifted and they stood at the altar together man and wife and no interruption this time and they wandered hand in hand and told each other their horrible dreams as for him he had dreamed she was dead and he was a monk and really the dream had been so vivid and so full of particulars that only his eyesight could even now convince him it was only a dream and they were really one and this new keynote once struck every tune ran upon it awake he was clement the hermit risen from unearthly visions of the night as dangerous as they were sweet asleep he was gerard eliason the happy husband of the loveliest and best and truest girl in holland all the happier that he had been for some time the sport of hideous dreams in which he had lost her his constant fasts coupled with other austerities and the deep mental anxiety of a man fighting with a supernatural foe had now reduced him nearly to a skeleton but still on those aching bones hung flesh unsubdued and quivering with an earthly passion so however he thought or why had ill spirits such power over him his opinion was confirmed when one day he detected himself sinking to sleep actually with a feeling of complacency because now margaret would come and he should feel no more pain and the unreal world be real and the real unreal for an hour on this he rose hastily with a cry of dismay and stripping to the skin climbed up to the brambles above his cave and flung himself on them and rolled on them writhing with the pain then he came into his den a massive gore and lay moaning for hours till out of sheer exhaustion he fell into a deep and dreamless sleep he awoke to bodily pain and mental exultation he had broken the fatal spell yes it was broken another and another day passed and her image molested him no more but he caught himself sighing at his victory the birds got tamer and tamer they perched upon his hand two of them let him gild their little claws eating but once in two days he had more to give them his tranquillity was not to last long a woman's voice came in from the outside told him his own story in a very few words and asked him to tell her where gerard was to be found he was so astounded he could only say with an instinct of self-defence pray for the soul of gerard the son of eli meaning that he was dead to the world and he sat wondering when the woman was gone he determined after an inward battle to risk being seen and he peeped after her to see who it could be but he took so many precautions and she ran so quickly back to her friend that the road was clear satan said he directly and that night back came his visions of earthly love and happiness so vividly he could count every auburn hair in margaret's head and see the pupils of her eyes then he began to despair and said i must leave this country here i am bound fast in memory's chain and began to dread his cell he said a breath from hell hath infected it and robbed even these holy words of their virtue and unconsciously imitating saint jerome a victim of earthly hallucinations as overpowering and coarser 
he took his warmest covering out into the wood hard by and there flung down under a tree that torn and wrinkled leather bag of bones which a little ago might have served a sculptor for apollo whether the fever of his imagination intermitted as a master mind of our day has shown that all things intermit or that this really broke some subtle link i know not but his sleep was dreamless he awoke nearly frozen but warm with joy within i shall yet be a true hermit dei gratia said he the next day some good soul left on his little platform a new lamb's wool pelisse and cape warm soft and ample he had a moment's misgiving on account of its delicious softness and warmth but that passed it was the right skin and a mark that heaven approved his present course it restored warmth to his bones after he came in from his short rest and now at one moment he saw victory before him if he could but live to it at another he said to himself tis but another law be on thy guard clement and this thought agitated his nerves and kept him in continual awe he was like a soldier within the enemy's lines one night a beautiful clear frosty night he came back to his cell after a short rest the stars were wonderful heaven seemed a thousand times larger as well as brighter than earth and to look with a thousand eyes instead of one oh wonderful he cried that there should be men who do crimes by night and others scarce less mad who live for this little world and not for that great and glorious one which nightly to all eyes not blinded by custom reveals its glowing glories thank god i am a hermit and in this mood he came to his cell door he paused at it it was closed why methought i left it open said he the wind there's not a breath of wind what means this he stood with his hand upon the rugged door he looked through one of the great chinks for it was much smaller in places than the aperture it pretended to close and saw his little oil wick burning just where he had left it how is it with me he sighed when i start and tremble at nothing either i did shut it or the fiend hath shut it after me to disturb my happy soul retro sathanus and he entered his cave rapidly and began with somewhat nervous expedition to light one of his largest tapers while he was lighting it there was a soft sigh in the cave he started and dropped the candle just as it was lighting and it went out he stooped for it hurriedly and lighted it listening intently when it was lighted he shaded it with his hand from behind and threw the faint light all round the cell in the farthest corner the outline of the wall seemed broken he took a step towards the place with his heart beating the candle at the same time getting brighter he saw it was the figure of a woman another step with his knees knocking together it was margaret brant End of section 98